Hello everyone, welcome back to Chibi and Chill, the anime podcast. I'm your host Ryan, welcome back. I hope you all had a great weekend or a great past week. It's Friday at the time of this going out, so we're looking forward to the weekend. But this week has been a short week for us here in Ireland. If you work the 9 to 5 like I do, it's been a bank holiday weekend. So we only worked from Thursday, no, from Tuesday to Friday. That would have been a very short week, wouldn't it? Uh, From Tuesday to Friday, so we've had a bank holiday and it's been great here. Been very wet here, but it's been nice. Um, hope you guys had a great week. This week, we also obviously saw the very first episode of Demon Slayer season three release. So, if you were like me, you watched that at the weekend. It was so so good. Uh, it was just oh, I can't speak about the episode enough. It's so good. Definitely check it out if you're a fan. If you're not a fan, definitely go check it out. You'll need the first two seasons first, but definitely go check it out. It's superb ufotable really really pulled out of the bag and i think less than five minutes in it showed their technical ability it's just oh it's chef kiss it's just superb it's so good but anyway anyway this episode isn't about demon slayer that was last week so last week was all about demon slayer in celebration for the new episode but this episode is all about one of my favorite series when i was little in the 90s and 2000s and one that i think really shaped my love for anime and the love that I have for it today and it's all about Yu-Gi-Oh and I used to love Yu-Gi-Oh because it it was quite odd in the fact that it was a Japanese anime with a plot that had a lot of references and plot points set in ancient Egypt which was quite a bizarre pairing Um, and I still kind of think it's kind of weird now Um, but this episode, we're going to dive into the history of Yu-Gi-Oh! Take a look at its quite bizarre start as a manga, the anime series, the trading card game, and every success that it's had, and every reference it's possibly made to the Pokemon Fanatics, or Pokemon Frantic, Pokemania, that's what I mean, the Pokemania that happened at the same time of its launch. Join me in this episode, and let's dive into Yu-Gi-Oh! So Yu-Gi-Oh! the series was in the headlines last year and in July 2022 Japanese manga artist Kazuki Takahashi sadly passed away at the age of 60 and he was the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! He created the manga which inevitably led to the empire that Yu-Gi-Oh! is today. Takahashi will forever go down in history as the creator of the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga series and the manga that spawned the trading card game that's it's most known for today. Yu-Gi-Oh! made its first appearance in 1996, serialised in the weekly Shonen Jump magazine until its final edition in 2004. And I think that's something we see as quite a, a bit of a trend, is that Shonen Jump and weekly Shonen Jump magazine is so influential in creating these juggernauts of manga. It's it, It's like the the showcase for anime and manga or manga that will become anime should I say it seems it's so powerful of a format for new manga new stories new comics released it's so influential I think and before this podcast I've I've I'd heard of Shonen Jump magazine but I'd never really been aware of the power that this magazine has and it's this is one of the stories that really showcases the power of Shonen Jump magazine. 
So the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh, if you're not aware, or maybe like me, you haven't watched it for years, um, let's just have a little bit of a recap of the original story of Yu-Gi-Oh. So the plot is that it tells the story of a young boy named Yugimoto who solves an ancient millennium puzzle, and that is the quite iconic, the upside-down pyramid with the Egyptian ion, uh, awakening a mysterious spirit, put my teeth in, that lives within his body that solves problems using different games. Yugi and his friends learn that the spirit is of an ancient pharaoh from Egypt who has lost his memories of his past. Yugi and his friends decide to help the pharaoh regain his memories, facing many different challenges and dangerous enemies in the process. As the story of Yugi began to evolve around that kind of central plot, Takahashi developed the story around a trading card game named Jewel Monsters. We'll get into that in a little bit as well. And Yugi and the spirit of the pharaoh would face rivals, including Seto Kaiba, Marik Ishka and Bakura, on their journey to uncover the secrets of the pharaoh's past. So the story of Yugi, or Yu-Gi-Oh, should I say, is so popular that the manga, at the time of this recording, at the time that I could find this out, has sold over 40 million copies across the world. That is an enormous feat. And that figure alone shows how popular this story is and or was. So being little in the 90s, or more specifically the 2000s, I grew up with the, obviously, the Western dub. I grew up with the um, American accents on the on the show and stuff uh, over in the UK. And the original Yu-Gi-Oh! series, however, saw... Not one, but two anime adaptions. And I don't mean the dub and the sub, or the original Japanese version. It had two versions. So the first one was developed by Toei Animation and released in 1998 in Japan. And it covered the events of the first seven chapters of the manga, looking at the beginning of Yugi's story and Pharaoh Yamin no Games. Okay, so it's it covered the very first bit, but this anime series was very different, entirely different to what we know of Yu-Gi-Oh! today. So, the anime was never dubbed into English, it only stayed in Japan, um, but proved popular with the Japanese fans, Japanese audience, and fans of the manga specifically, and it stayed very true to the original manga, and it, it stuck really close to it, so people loved it for this. People that were already fans of the manga loved this series, and it's effectually known now as season zero. So season zero was very different and I keep saying this and I'll explain why now. So season zero zero was very different to the series we know now with characters like Seto Kaiba having bright green hair, not brown like we know, and people having much more brutal death scenes and death occurrences instead of heading to the shadow realm that we also know. So the manga had this dark theme originally as well as the animated. It wasn't the animated that just made it look bad, but made it look kind of scary or dark. The manga originally was created as and intended to be a horror manga, which I had to read a couple of times to make sure I've read that right. Yu-Gi-Oh! was intended to be a horror manga. So if you're like me, I kind of thought to myself, how scary can Yu-Gi-Oh! be? Um, and I thought at first it's maybe more about the monsters and stuff, and it actually, it actually wasn't anything to do with dual monsters. The card game was not the main focus, again, like we know of Yu-Gi-Oh! today. So in the first chapter of the original manga, the main character plays a game with another character, 
and the players take turns placing money on their hands and then stabbing the money away with a knife. If the player successfully stabs the money, they get to keep it. So each week featured a different game, and it's not just like rolling dice, it was this kind of um, darker theme of games, it's just Russian roulette, that kind of stuff. Until one week, the manga featured a card game named Magic and Wizards, and this ended up being changed to Jewel Monsters. And we know this as the main kind of plot point and the main focus area for the whole anime and the whole story of Yu-Gi-Oh! is these cards and the heart of the cards and all this kind of stuff. It really started to centre around these cards. However, the game was only meant to, or originally meant to appear in the manga twice, but Takashi eventually developed the story around the trading card game itself. And the card game and cards in general didn't appear in the manga until chapter 9. So quite late on, whereas in the anime, it's in the very first scene. The very first start off that we see of Yugo in the anime is around this card game and then playing dual monsters. But Takashi said that he evolved the game as it it proved to be the most popular with readers. And I guess Shonen Jump give that kind of information, what, what's reflecting best with the audience and things like that. And originally, Yugi and his friends were seen playing a bunch of different games, like we mentioned before. And some of them were not fun. Some of them were much more violent, much more gory um, than what we see. Some of them included knife games, being set on fire and electrocution, were all results of losing these games. So they're all very, very different. People died by having some kind of yo-yo somehow. I didn't look too much into it because I didn't, I don't know, I don't know if I do want to look into it, but part of me really does. I like a horror film, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to see Yugi in that kind of light, Um, but I'm sure you can find it on Google if you are into that, if you do want to find out. But Konami, a major manufacturer of arcade games, decided to buy the rights from Weekly Shonen Jump to produce the card game based on the manga. However, the manga's dark tones limited the audience for obvious reasons, especially in the US, and Konami needed a franchise that could compete with Pokemania, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. This was at the time where Digimon, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! were all starting to come out in the same kind of time, so this market was starting to become saturated with, with this mania. And to kind of really relate to that or tap into that, they needed to make Yu-Gi-Oh! more child-friendly, so they started to tone down the violence and kind of reshape the Yu-Gi-Oh name and story to, to suit and the new cartoon would air in 2000 in Japan with a focus on the card game to promote the TCG and then in 2001 they would be released in different locations by 4Kids and we'll get into 4Kids we'll talk about them a little bit later as well in 2000 Yu-Gi-Oh Jewel Monsters made its debut in Japan so they changed the the, change, the original season zero was called Yu-Gi-Oh! And the remastered version, the more child-friendly version, was called Yu-Gi-Oh! Jewel Monsters. And it was created by Studio Gallop before being dubbed into the English version by 4Kids. And the animated series became a worldwide hit. Kind of instantly, everyone kind of really flocked to this. And I guess, I think Pokemon maybe helped play a role in in this, Pokemon really helped bring Japanese culture or um, Japanese animation, so to speak, Japanese franchises over to the West and make them popular. And I think Digimon and Yugo were helped by that. I'm not saying that it's similar. I'm not saying <laughs> we hear those comparisons all the time, but I think there's something to be said about about how that that format was brought over. 
So four kids toned down the violence of the story and changed the name of characters, changed clothing and more as well. So four kids were responsible, and we talked about these many a time, they were responsible for not only toning down the anime, but they also toned down a lot of the cultural references and the Japanese-ness of the the show. So some characters' names were considered too foreign, in quote marks, not my quote, for audiences. So Yugi and Seto Kaiba kept their names because it would have been really bizarre if they renamed the main character. Katayushi Jonuchi was changed to Joey. I'm so sorry if I butcher these names. Hiroto Honda was changed to Tristan. And Anza Mazaki was changed, changed to Tia. So, and I've spoken about how anime adaptions at this time were just rife with other series like Sailor Moon and Pokemon being heavily, heavily changed for Western audiences. And the anime that we grew up with here in the West ended up being being quite wildly different to what the Japanese versions are and the original versions were meant to be and what these creators intended the work to be. Anything relating to violence or death was changed to the threat of being sent to the Shadow Realm and Takahashi once joked that the original story is quite violent. So he he knows it's violent, obviously, and they changed it so that you got sent to the Shadow Realm, which I thought was really cool as a kid. Um, And as a child, I didn't really um, connect it to death, but I guess reading it now, it's quite obvious that you are getting sent to to death, but they call it the Shadow Realm, which which is kind of cool. And even the design of the trading cards in the anime was changed to the simplistic edge-to-edge, kind of more graphic style we've all come to know in the anime. And that's the style of card I really wished I could have bought in um, in real life. But because of some trading laws, I think I mentioned this on the podcast a little bit earlier as well, the trading card couldn't be specifically the card in the anime because of um, trading laws and... Um, blatant advertising i guess uh for for fans for watchers in the west so they couldn't recreate that so the so the original cards in the japanese version looked much more like the cards you buy now they that you buy today they looked exactly like those whereas the change made was to reduce the amount of japanese writing on that was shown to western audiences as well i think that also played a part because when you look at the screenshots of some of these scenes where the cards are being played they look, they're like a Yu-Gi-Oh card, but they're all Japanese, obviously, because it was created in Japan. So they changed it to show only the artwork in the top, like, third of the card or top half of the card. The Latin numbers for the attack and defense stats and the star level for the monster. And that was kind of it. I guess at some point that did make it easier to animate, I guess, somewhere down the line. But it's interesting that even the actual plot point of the story got heavily changed because of different laws and things like that. And the series aired its final episode in 2004. Since 2004, Yu-Gi-Oh! has grown. It's continued to grow and has released seven different spin-off series, if you include the original one, I guess. Um, Each one evolving around a different character and the card game Dual Monsters. Spin-offs such as Yu-Gi-Oh! GX and 5D have proven the most popular with the fans of the series. And in 2021, a new anime spin-off, Go Rush, was announced and premiered in Jan 2022, Japan in 2022. And the changes mentioned earlier by 4Kids were made to the spin-off series as well, so they didn't just do it to the original one, they did it to the rest of them. Um, Yugo GX and 5D, however, never even saw their full episode list of the Japanese original anime 
dubbed into English. They never finished the entire series. They both finished around 30 episodes and four kids never saw fit to finish the stories off. So, you know, Crunchyroll and things like that, those kind of servers. Crunchyroll is the only one that I've actually seen it on. They have the original full series of of every every Yu-Gi-Oh series. So I think it'd be great to go back and watch these and finish off those storylines that we never actually saw finish off here in the West. And I think that's something we see again. We saw that with Sailor Moon by Four Kids. They they didn't finish Sailor Moon storyline in English at all. One entire series wasn't made. So again, if you didn't watch or if you don't watch the dub sub version, the Japanese original versions, you won't finish these stories. And I think that's kind of strange. I don't understand why that wouldn't happen, but. I guess big week choices, they'll do what they do. They'll make the choices they make. But this did cause ratings to drop, obviously, because stories aren't being finished. Don't know why they were surprised at that. But between 2004 and 2016, the story, the series also had three movies released that continued the Yugi story. So specifically Yugi story, not um, V-Rains or things like that. Uh, the most recent release, The Dark Side of Dimensions, commemorated the 20th anniversary of Yu-Gi-Oh!, and offered itself as an epilogue to the original manga. I haven't seen that, but I do really want to see that. I want to see this kind of prologue um, to the original manga. I want to see what what happens in that. I need to try and find that. I haven't seen that on Crunchyroll, but I will try and find it somewhere. I'm sure it's somewhere on the world, on the World Wide Web. So the card game is one of the biggest contributors to the popularity of Yu-Gi-Oh! The card game is eventually what the anime came to be and came to be focused on but it also became one of the biggest trends and biggest I don't want to say fad but biggest or fad for me I guess um in the world so Konami developed and produced dual monsters based on the manga and as the series evolved more cards have been released based on anime adaptions and spin-offs so as of 2021 over 35 billion cards have been sold worldwide 35 billion and have been named the Guinness Book of World Records as the most popular trading card game in the world. So with the release of online games such as Cross Jewel and Jewel Links, fans are even able to have more fun with the games, uh, with the cards I guess, playing Jewel Monsters online. Um, this beats out the Pokemon TCG, the Pokemon trading card game, that has sold 34 billion cards. So there's a good 1 billion card difference there. That is wild, isn't it? That is that's insane. Apparently, it looks like its profit turnover is about nine billion euro dollars, nine billion dollars. It's or oh, that's its net worth, something like that. It wild, absolutely wild. And it's funny because I can remember Yu-Gi-Oh is one of the earliest animes that I can remember having merchandise of, um, or memorabilia of. I can remember trading cards with the friends at school, and I think someone who was one of my cousin's friends, I think, getting really excited over the one of the cards I traded. And I can remember trading specifically and getting really excited because I got the... I don't know what it's called. It was like a... It's like an all-blue card. It had it was like pointy at the bottom. It had like two arms, but it had like one eye at the top. I need to try and find out what that is. And I'll maybe post it to my Instagram story and I'll find it. And it had like a zero health and zero defense, but it kind of absorbed the power of others. If you if you know what that card is, please please find me. Please send send me a photo of it on Instagram or TikTok or something. Find it. I I will try and find it. But I got so excited that I I got that card. So 
yeah, the trading card game was similar to other series, and they have world championships and all that kind of stuff, a bit like Pokemon again. So they have all these tournaments and championships going off. And the franchise has also expanded into apps and game series, two with their biggest being Dual Monsters, Dual Links, mobile game, and the legacy of the Duelist in the Nintendo Switch. So I've played both of these games, and Dual Links is good. That's kind of more casual one. I'll dip in and out every so often. And But the Nintendo Switch game, if you're a fan of the anime that we grew up with and you like the storyline of that, definitely check out uh, Legacy of the Duelist for the Nintendo Switch. It's great. You play through the main plot points. You play with all the main characters. It's 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 so good. They play the same cards and stuff. It is really good. It's a great nostalgic trip if you are looking to get get some nostalgia but you don't really want to watch all the anime again. But it's it's such a good way to dip a toe back into Yu-Gi-Oh without having to sit and watch it all and be a little bit more interactive with it as well. It's definitely check it out. So all seven series of Yu-Gi-Oh! are available on Crunchyroll. This isn't sponsored. I really wish they would sponsor me, but it's not. Do check it out. I think I'd like to check out the Yu-Gi-Oh! series a little bit more now that I know more about it. The Yu-Gi-Oh! manga has been on my list of manga to read for a long time. I think that's since being a kid, I want to know the original story and stuff. And especially, I kind of want to know how dark the original manga is. If you have read it, do find me on Instagram and TikTok and all that good stuff. Let me know how it is. I I think I will try and find some of the volumes out and check them out. I think I, I think I have to now. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Chibit and Chill the Anime Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned something. I definitely have. Down in the show notes, you'll find links to all of my Etsy shops, my social media and more. My Etsy shop is full of anime merch illustrated by me. Chibi style artwork that's cute and features a range of merch including phone cases, prints and much more coming very soon. And on there you'll find anime characters from a bunch of your favourite series including Sailor Moon, Attack on Titan, Black Clover, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen and much more. Be sure to follow the shop on Etsy and you'll be notified of every behind the scenes photo, every sale and every new product launch. If you're a mega fan of anime, then why not check out my brand new Patreon monthly subscription club. There are three tiers of membership, Chibi Fan, Chibi Super Fan and Chibi Mega Fan, with each tier being better than the last. Each month, for one cost, you'll receive free prints, free downloads and much, much more, including exclusive behind-the-scenes videos, photos and more of how I create my prints and anime-themed artwork. If you'd like to receive exclusive updates and anime-themed goodies every single month delivered straight to you, then why not check out my Patreon? The link's down below. I'm sure you'll love being a part of the Chibi Weeb fan club. Sometimes finding a birthday card or an occasion card can be a boring task. However, I have some anime-themed cards on my thoughtful.co.uk creator profile, which is found in my links on social media. Over on Thoughtful, you'll find a bunch of anime-themed cards, such as Studio Ghibli Happy Birthday cards and more, with my range being updated regularly. Each card is processed by thoughtful.co.uk, with shipping being fast, quick and efficient. You can shop my anime-themed cards over on my Instagram, with my links being over on there. Search Chibiweeb Anime and you'll find me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really does mean a lot. Please do leave a rating and a review down below. It really does support the show and it's free to do. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next Friday. 
Have a great weekend. If you're a subscriber or if you're thinking of subscribing or starting the free trial on Apple Podcasts, I'll see you on Sunday for the next episode of the Chibi Peace exclusive Apple Podcast exclusive episode on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.